Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geomologist Presents. A really quick intro today. But first, I really wanted to take the time to give at least my brief homage to Janelle Jackways, who passed away earlier this month on January 10th at the age of 67. Janelle was an American game designer who you know her because of the Dark Tower and Caverns of Thracia from Judges Guild and now redone by Goodman Games. They're redoing the next Goodman Games classic redo is the Dark Tower that's coming out later this year. But Janelle was also development and design of conversion on games like Pac-Man, Donkey Kong for Coleco. She worked on Age of Empires, Quake 2, Quake 3, and did a lot of illustrations. Um, a well-known one is the Dragon Mountain Adventure cover. One of my favorite covers that she did do was actually on Dungeon Magazine number 24. Sorry, not number 24, uh, Dungeon number 18, where Janelle did the cover of that one for the adventure Chad Rather's Bane, which I've actually always wanted to run. Uh, Janelle also did a number of other dungeon covers, including, I think, number 39 as well, which has this dragon popping out on the cover, uh, or demon, maybe. Anyway, uh, great career in our hobby, and she will be missed. I was very glad I was able to meet her and her spouse at North Texas uh, RPG Con last year. She was a regular attendee. And uh, yeah, that spot's going to be a spot where she did her art and sold her wares and ran her games is going to be missed. Anyway, on with the show. I have a call in from Joe Richter. But the main on Bloodlords, and I will answer the questions that he asks there. But the main topic of today is a check-in with Joe Salvador of Raven God Games on the state of Reaver. We're going to talk Reaver, uh, where it is at, what the plans are maybe, our playtest, which is doing like higher level playtest. Plato al Plomo, I'll talk about how that went and what he thinks. And then uh, we'll talk about sword and sorcery RPGs. So anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, on with the show. Hey, Carl, just got finished listening to episode, I think, 239, where you're doing your recap of BSRCon. But at the end there, you're talking about your new upcoming home game where you're going to be running Bloodlords. And that's awesome, dude. Bloodlords sounds like such a fun campaign, dude. I was surprised when you said that it was a six-book adventure path because I thought Paizo sort of went away from that. And we're sticking more with like four book adventure pass. But anyway, man, I'm really excited for you guys. I'm curious with your home group, how often do you guys meet? And uh, like, how long is your average session? Because, yeah, with the six book adventure path that you're, you guys are in for a treat, man. <laughs> but I'm excited to hear more about Bloodlords. And I also want to say that February 2nd is an amazing day to start an adventure path. 
That's the day, uh, two years ago, February 2nd, is the day we kicked off Wrath of the Righteous, and we're still going strong. So I feel like it's a very good day to start a campaign. Good luck, man. Take it easy, and peace out. Hey, Joe, thank you for the call. Yeah, so I think Bloodlords is the last of the six-book adventure paths, because after that, the adventure paths that they did were... Gatewalk, oh, Kingmaker, but that doesn't really count. That's a big remake. It was done by a third party to convert it to Pathfinder 2, and that's just one big book, although originally it was a six-book adventure path, but it's one big book now. And then there's Gatewalkers, which is three, Stolen Fate, which is three, Sky King's Tomb, which is three, Season of Ghosts, which is four, and then the next one, Seven Dooms for Sandpoint, is going to be a, a big book again. So I don't know if it's a remake of uh, Rise of the Rune Lords or what takes place back in Sandpoint, which was the starting point for Rise of the Rune Lords. But um, I don't know what that's going to be. And actually, I'm a subscriber, so I don't even know if I'm going to get it or what I have to do or do I opt out or opt in. Who knows? So your other question about our home group, we meet weekly, but we rotate our games bi-weekly. Bi-weekly being a Warhammer Fantasy. We're going through the enemy within and we're about halfway done with book four out of five. So we have one and a half books left. It probably takes us about six months to go through a book, depending. And then uh, the other week we play the other game and it's going to be Bloodlord. So we'll see how it goes. And our sessions are about, they go from about 6.30 to 10. Um, so three and a half hours. We usually get there at six, but we order food and eat first. Um, so we probably get gaming by 6.30, 6.45 and play for that a length of time until they close us out. However, my friend, uh, one of my friends is getting one of those cool tables from Wormwood soon. So we're going to play at his house. So then we will not be restricted uh, as to when we can stop. So the sessions might be longer. And we'll see which sessions we do. He would probably prefer doing the Pathfinder 2 sessions because he's a big Pathfinder fan. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, it's done well uh, with um, with the four books so far in Enemy Within. And usually we have like a palate cleanser, like a one or two shot in between each book. Or we have done that with Enemy Within. So we'll see what we do with that. Um, and then we have backup games if we don't get a quorum. Uh, but we've been pretty good the last several, the last month or so. Um, we had some, of course, November, December, usually pretty tough. And we have like a group of three and we intersperse. What have we interspersed? Usually like a quick 2D20 type of game. Um, so we've done Fallout. We've done Octoon Cthulhu. That seems to be a favorite. We've done Hyperborea. We just did uh, Chair to the Gods for Alien RPG. And we've done, what other kind of one-shotty thing have we done? Uh, we did, um, for Halloween, we did like a Monster Squad game. And we've done like Righteous Blood, Ruthless Blades for us a one-shot too. So we intersperse it. It works pretty well. Yeah, I know we're in for it for Blood Lords, and it is a six-parter, so we'll see. I feel like we can get a lot more done live. We've tried to do, we tried to do... The Circus uh, one, I forgot what it's called, Extinction Curse Online, and it really didn't work so well. 
We did get through the Starfinder Adventure Path Dead Suns, but that was mostly live. And then COVID hit and we finished it up on Roll20 uh, with COVID. The last like book and a half was done on Roll20. But um, yeah, I think we do get stuff done better live than Roll20. So hopefully we'll maybe do a book, um, a book every two months, ideally. So four sessions for a book. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, anyway, I'll keep you posted. Later, bud. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Geomologist Presents. I'm going to talk with my buddy, Joe Salvador, about... Do you like the way I say Salvador, I guess? I do, yeah. Yeah, about uh, his game that we've been playing and working on for a while, and that game is Reaver. So, Joe, how are you this morning? That's my intro. I'm doing well, Carl. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, I just wanted to get like a Reaver state, see where we're at with the process. It's been a really fun process. I've been I've had the privilege of being able to join Joe and others in a playtest of Reaver, and we've moved to another, I guess section or phase of the playtest as well, which is very exciting. So Joe, I know you probably told myself and others before on podcasts or interviews or even on your blog, which is um ravengodgames.blogspot.com by the way. It's gonna it's in the mm -hmm. show notes. And actually it's really funny. When I put it on my phone, my phone already knows Joe Salvador. Then put start putting <laughs> Raven God games. That's interesting. Yeah. Naturally or that you know the uh, algorithm that google mm -hmm. or uh the phones use android platform uses mm -hmm. um, it's trained you or you've trained yeah, it i don't it's, know i've trained it i guess i don't know <laughs> mm. all right anyway so joe i know like you said like i said you've talked about this before so what is the inspiration for reaver oh uh lots of different places i guess uh, primarily uh the works of robert e howard um you know, as much as Conan is just as much as uh, Bron McMorn, uh, I feel like the game actually sits closer to the Bron McMorn sort of pseudo historical fantasy genre. Okay, um, why, why is that? I'm going to interrupt you. I apologize. Well, I, I mean, that I'm part most of a lot, quite a bit of my inspiration actually comes from, you know, just the historical world, the ancient world, um, uh, historical adventure fiction, things like uh, Bernard Cornwell. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, so I mean, it all kind of blends together in my brain, uh, and that's just how it comes out in in the book. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as far as uh, other inspiration, I, mythology and folklore, things like that, the occult, um, uh, you know, uh, the the old eighties uh, sword and sorcery films, mm -hmm. all of that kind of is in there. Yeah, so you think that's a distinction, or it's distinct from, you know, bog standard D and D. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I, I think um, uh, your typical D and I mean, it draws on similar sources, right? I mean, if we go back to Gygax and Appendix N, you'll you'll see a lot of the same uh, types of things. Um, in my mind, once you add the high fantasy elements, uh, you have elves, demi-humans, whatever, um, you know. I guess fancy and magic is to some extent high fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, it, it kind of it, it 
steps away from sword and sorcery in in my mind i, I think mm-hmm. i think all these terms are really malleable honestly mm-hmm. um i don't know if there's any like, really like a good you know definition for what what is sword and sorcery because i feel like it's it's a lot of different things i mean i mean if we listen to jason uh you know he loves the 80s film sword and sorcery which is not mm-hmm. the same as Brian mcmorn and it's no. not the same even it's not the same as conan right it's, it's a little bit different or even howard's non conan stuff right 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 absolutely um i mean solomon kane that's that's historical adventure fantasy mm-hmm. with you know with some sword and sorcery and it's like weird stuff yeah weird uh, there's like a yeah. weird element right and I, that's where my favorite um I guess my my favorite type of sword and sorcery is is that it's that everything is normal to a point and when you when you when you get to the weird you step out of like i guess the what we call adventure fiction into the the fantastic elements um i I think that if there's too much weird it's not weird anymore right it it gets away from uh, gets gets away from that core sword and sorcery that I like that dark, mm-hmm. grim sort of action. Right. Huh. Yeah. I was gonna say. So, you, how well do you think sword and sorcery is represented in RPGs? Then, like, I guess our our touchstone, generally speaking, is Dungeons and Dragons. Um, oh, like- sure. I, I think sword and sorcery is really well represented. There's so many different games out there. I mean, we were just talking about Hyperborea before we started recording. Yeah. Great game. I love that game. It's, it's but it leans heavier into the weird fantasy element which is right. great mm-hmm. um and sci-fi apparently so that's absolutely that's the yeah. new tagline of the or the the byline of the of the latest edition right like weird so, science fantasy i think yeah at, um, Atlant- hints of atlantis right mm-hmm. um, strange yeah, metals definitely and, a thing right so elsbrog um, de camp lynn carter stuff mm-hmm. right. yeah absolutely uh, lovecraft is all in there um yeah. Uh, we have Barbarians of Lemuria. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Savage Worlds has, I know, has a sword and sorcery uh, supplement. There's a lot yeah. of different games out there that do a lot of different things. I think, uh, I think Reaver, like I said, Reaver is leaning more towards the uh, adventure fiction, um, just sidestepping from historical reality into the weird, you know. But there are fantastic elements or weird elements. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and it's it's robust enough i think that people can run it however they like um mm-hmm. i mean i just finished laying out the sort of bestiary um mm-hmm. and i mean there's lovecraftian things in there there's you know my take on on different things uh basically setting specific things but there's elder things and there's deep ones um but there's also giants uh and these are all things that we we see in um in howard's fiction right like he has mm-hmm. ghouls in right. in um the hour of the dragon he has giants he has things that are drawn from folklore mm-hmm. uh but they're not everyday occurrences they're not you're not going to encounter a giant walking down the street right right um these are these are things that exist on the periphery of quote-unquote civilization or the real or the mundane mm-hmm. i guess that's a big distinction right you, like in say in the forgotten realms like you just mentioned giants you do have giants walking down the street in fact they're part of they're, they're an element as part of the the watch right if mm-hmm. uh, sure uh so right and that's a that's a thing and i i, I enjoy that magic stuff as on well. every corner a magic <laughs> shop a magic mm-hmm. shop on every corner and this is right. definitely not right <clears throat> no so right if, and you 
you've talked about magic uh on the podcast before with the way it works in reverse is it is dangerous you can mm -hmm. you know it's a roll to cast system um uh you can it can't go awry and, and and you can damage yourself in some in some fashion some hindrance or what have you yeah i guess uh, that's a difference right that's a big difference it's not like mm -hmm. fire and forget there's no consequence right, right. Um, um, and, it, and, and more akin to dcc where there can be consequence well in dcc it seems like mm -hmm. there's no like necessarily negative consequences if i recall I you, think just have, lose, um, you just lose the spell you lose the spell I, I it's been a minute since i played dcc honestly um yeah. but i believe that you can you can get some patron oh, there's corruption yeah there's corruption kind of yeah there's corruption. disfavor for miracles and yeah or yeah uh um, yeah deity related casting and corruption you can get mm -hmm. corruption that's right yeah but i think it, i think reaver leans into it more in my experience at least and I, I, Reaver's a little bit different as well. Uh, if we talk about corruption in DCC, you know, you can grow tentacles and become like a, you know, very monstrous yeah, person. Yeah, Reaver's more subtle, right? It's it is more subtle. I tried to, and there weird things can happen to you, like, well, your character Ascalon has yeah. the staring fish eyes. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not, they're not inhuman eyes. They're just like big staring eyes. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it, you're not going to become you know a monstrous person you're, you you will become perhaps it might it'll affect your uh personality or your mm -hmm. stats and you know to make you in in certain ways and, and it it might be uh i don't know if i want to say anything about that uh yeah there's different things that can happen <laughs> <laughs> and there's different things that can happen because uh i don't i, I need to go through the list on everything that can that yeah. can occur with corruption and I don't, I don't want to say anything that's going to maybe get cut or what have you. Yeah, well, but I do appreciate it. Like every, I mean, not as in, don't worry, every spell is not a single page for your listeners here <laughs> and potential uh, supporters. But uh, there are differences that can happen when you fail to cast or you miscast. And I think that's, that kind of mm -hmm. gives it a distinction, right? But even, even in Hyperborea, it still leans into the Vancean magic yeah. right so mm -hmm. in i i still i think reaper has a distinction in that magic is still chaos it's unpredictable uh it's, yes. you're dealing with forces that maybe mortals should not truck in um mm -hmm. and and as we've seen in our adventures at least in the play test right there there are things beyond that might not be not necessarily be in charge of this but but uh could be a source for mm -hmm. um Sure. some of this chaos and and the unpredictability of magic and i think it's it's cool to have magic it's not just you know um putting ourselves yeah. i i don't think that i don't think that having magic in a a game makes it not sword and sorcery you know mm -hmm. what i mean i feel like i mean magic is in conan it's in all those old sword and sorcery tales mm -hmm. um what makes it i think what takes it away from that the sword sorcery genre is to make it uh more when it becomes more uh regimented and controlled right. um you it know becomes harry like potter, more math math and formula right right harry potter isn't to... sword and sorcery right no, like no. there's plenty of magic but yeah. they understand exactly how the magic works um right. they just have to master it or whatever mm -hmm. it's generally uh, predictable right it's, oh which yeah. actually makes me think that maybe Voldemort is not so bad because he's trying to break that regimented magic 
Oh, make no, it more. He, he wants more sword and sorcery world. He wants. He wants. <laughs> well, yeah, with him in control. He wants yeah. to embrace chaos, right? Right. Um, yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. So we. Well, I agree. I mean, I think in, in Conan, magic is subtle. Actually, it's more. I feel like it's more lotus induced ritual too, right? That's mm -hmm. usually. There's a lot of that. Yeah, and that's. There's the a little bit of, of that elephant. in Reaver. Some there are some spells that uh, are very take difficult longer. to cast. They take mm -hmm. a long time to cast, right. like rituals that might take like a month to cast. So this is mm -hmm. not something that would happen in downtime, more or less. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. Uh, but they can they can offer a uh, a, a deep role playing experience uh, in my mind, uh, where if the if the GM chronicler uh, cares to delve into that aspect of the game you know mm -hmm. they can they can play that whole month out and see how that ritual goes they can you know it, some of the spells say one spell is um one in which you yeah you you perform a, a month-long ritual mm -hmm. uh uh to achieve some great power but during that time you will be tempted by demons or uh you'd be other difficulties play that out that's a small adventure right yeah. um that's kind of the point of some of those spells to just uh as the story element and the role-playing element involved right i think another distinction um because i've noticed that also in reaver aside from magic you know that the difference in magic in a in a high fantasy fantasy and uh sword and sorcery um right there's also other than that, I think it seems like it's it is more like the technology is more consistent, right? Mm -hmm. You have especially like armor and weapons, right? I, I don't you don't oh, have sure. So you don't have like you know knights in full plate armor mm -hmm. next to you know Norman chainmail, right? Right. Most of in, in Reaver, most of the technology is Dark Ages or older, mm -hmm. dark, quote unquote Dark Ages, early Middle Ages. So what's the um, what's the height of of metallurgy or armor technology then uh, it would be things like chainmail like you said lamellar um i mean lamellar is very old armor yeah uh, anything that would be found in sort of the roman empire mm -hmm. would be possible um yeah uh, bronze is in use but not necessarily as armor it's more of uh you know decor and mm -hmm. even coinage is in bronze uh things like yeah like things like that is i think it's important um, now that doesn't mean that knights and armor isn't sword and sorcery because Howard did that too. Yeah. Oh, he oh yeah, I guess he did with Aquilonia and sure, yeah. sure. Um, I know a lot of people uh, these days, particularly like in comics and stuff, you, you see Aquilonia as kind of like a Roman Empire sort of right uh, analogous uh, nation, but mm -hmm. yeah, in in Hour of the Dragon, it certainly seems like High Middle Ages, full plate, you know, right. Mm -hmm. yeah that's true and then uh yeah same yeah those, those countries aquilonia namedia right but then it, they exist border with barbaric mm -hmm. quote-unquote barbaric nations right right so, like basically like ancient celts or mm -hmm. um even ancient indigenous, indigenous people's mm -hmm. picks right oh sure right. absolutely yeah yeah. It's curious. So yeah I, I don't... and it's interesting how you know like like you mentioned the picks um you know howard's a lot of those tales in like the, the picked land or the the, the western wilderness mm -hmm. are really you know they're western tales american west tales yeah. um and frontier you know, frontier tales yeah right 
Right. And we're talking about, you know, author's inspirations. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. where he got his inspiration, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, from those tales of the Comanche Wars and things like that. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So are there anything else that you feel like is a touchstone for sword and sorcery before we dive in? In general? uh, I know you've been throwing out hmm. little hints about a reaver, but we haven't really distinctly talked about reaver. I feel we're talking about sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. how it how we distinguish it how it separates itself from you know uh bog you know regular D right vanilla yeah and what's interesting or vanilla I fantasy guess, i guess yeah like in, in you know like mostly we've talked about like the old days of sword sorcery with the original works mm-hmm. um but you know when we come into the 70s 80s we see things like kane from uh from carl edward wagner mm-hmm. uh and imaro from charles saunders and his uh, his female uh, hero uh, Dusuye. Uh, these are all inspirations for myself. Um, but they they kind of led the way into uh you know a greater, a more broad um world of sword and sorcery, right? Like mm-hmm. we see uh modern authors today with like New Age Sword and Sorcery magazine, um, you know, exploring these different cultures in sword sorcery and different genders and things like that. And I think that's an important direction to go. Um, yeah, so I think um, uh, maybe sword and sorcery now is experience, experiencing a little bit of a resurgence, uh, which okay. is, I think is I think is great. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe Reaver can be part of that. <laughs> well, so where are we at? I know we've had, we have the quick start out and it's on its... Uh second iteration or it's been revised or it is i've revised it to update it to reflect where we are now in the game mm-hmm. um i think for the most part the game is ready uh okay there's a few small tweaks and things that i'm sure will come uh, but nothing that's going to be uh, nothing that will require a, a reiteration of the quick start okay um so the quick start will be compatible with the base game yes okay. yes uh, aside from maybe if like i said a few minor things okay um as far as uh progress um the the book is in layout all the way almost entirely except for the setting uh so i have maybe another so the setting like a gazetteer style of the setting yeah and that's part of my hold up with that is like i don't know how i want to present it um Mm -hmm. i really like how jeff delanian did it in hyperborea it's just like point by point Mm -hmm. um but i also like like you said, more like a gazetteer where it's like a you describe a nation and like the places in that nation that kind of thing mm-hmm. um so i don't know maybe some some version of either of those or combined mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah I, I think generally um, i don't know if this is correct but generally speaking i think you give like a small what i what i appreciate in in hyperborea and even if you go back to the almost the model in gygaxian mm-hmm. era D and um, or early D and D is that the world is developed through the adventures, right? You really don't have yeah. like a definitive world book. Right. You have bullet points about, let's say, for example, in is it in, in um, I even I think I don't even think it's until Isle of Dread that you have mm-hmm. bullet points the, about the original setting for yeah. basically the known world. Yeah. yeah, the known world. That you have bullet yeah. points for what's going on in the known world, and mm-hmm. and then of course, I mean, I guess basic D D or i guess we should call it D. you don't have to just D, not advanced that takes place in the known world and really they went to like a like a more of a 
world book gazetteer presentation but mm -hmm. early on it early on it was really development through the adventures and definitely yeah. in in uh greyhawk it was more development through the adventures mm -hmm. as I opposed like to yeah, I so like I don't, that. and and I would say for sure that's the Hyperborean model because you don't know mm -hmm. like each adventure in Hyperborea, like say for example, even the latest one, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, the Trapper's Lament, that comes out with the third edition, you have like a mini gazetteer on where you're at, right? Mm -hmm. So sure, sure, yeah. and I, I I like that as well. That's that's kind of how I did the quick start, um, where it just kind of talks about Pentopolis and like. Uh, so that border region with chem um but i didn't go too deep into it or anything like that i, I don't think i need to for the most no. part um but yeah but i basically for the setting yeah you know i wanted to talk about the places uh the people and sort of like the religions the, the, the okay. demons and whatnot right and um, but and yeah. the world is big though so you're only doing like a uh snapshot of the world like a, almost like a with the Mediterranean mm -hmm. area or so? Sure. Or... Uh, yeah. And I, I, I may expand the map um, for the full book. Uh, I mean, it's kind of partially done already. It's, I, I just need to keep working on it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot in my brain, like in the, in the full book, I have a whole lot of people and, you know, the origins, uh, the different cultures. Huh. Um, and some of them aren't on the map right now, the map that you see in the quick start. Right. Uh, so I, I will probably expand it um yeah and it is a very um logical and uh i guess a logical world that is based on our own historical reality right uh mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who are inspired by but not analogous to not there's no intention to be these are vikings or these are um mm -hmm. i don't know maasai or whatever mm -hmm. uh but you know, it should be clear to most readers that you know, these are like Germanic barbarians, or these are uh, these are kind of like Greco-Romans, you know, that kind of thing. And that's intentional because I want I want the world to be easily understood. I want it to be easily um, jumped into, and mm -hmm. you know, you see, you know, if if you don't even want to use my setting, you can take the game, you know, as a whole and just use a different setting, and say, okay, well. You know, uh, Sumerians, they're, they're Phadrians, basically, let's use this, um, you know, pick and choose what you need from from my setting uh, to support whatever you're using. Uh, yeah, and I, I, honestly, I, I don't really know who's going to use my setting over Hyperborea or, or Hyboreo or any of these other great places. Right. Or, well, like we've talked about <clears throat> using it in the, in a, the, in Harn, um, sure. Harn, yeah, well, mm -hmm. yeah, the lithia or kithira mm -hmm. not hard not necessarily hard on the island or maybe hard on the island mm -hmm. but you know you i think you could since harn is also well harn is it kind of advertises as system agnostic at least the uh, mm -hmm. world right harn yeah, world. world yes yeah but um but it's very yeah. historical adventure as well right um but there's i think there's more high fantasy elements but it could mm -hmm. be adapted sure because um, i don't sure. know. I, I know they yeah. have demi humans or whatnot yeah, um, like, but yeah, I mean that's not hard to do. Like if you just if you uh, like I said, the core of Reaver is very. Um, I think the the classes and the origins and the um, careers will fit in most settings. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's good. So do you want to, how much do you <clears throat> want to talk about like how the the rules of the game to give us an introduction? <clears throat> so about do we want to talk about. 
Right, excuse me. Uh, yeah, um, so the so, rules, you know, it's based on a die chain mechanic, um, and that's evolved quite a bit. Right, so uh, it used to be, it used to be, I feel like the, when we first started playtesting, it was kind of more D20, right? Mm -hmm, that's that correct. Right? Uh, like, I originally wrote this game as sort of like a white box type mm -hmm. of game. Um, and I don't know, just, we just slowly, like, moved away from it and started mm -hmm. different things, tried different mm -hmm. things. Right. Uh, but now, you know, the die chain mechanic is... Yeah, I mean, it works pretty smoothly um, yep. as you get bonuses, uh, penalties, modifiers, etc. Uh, you just move your your die up the chain. So if you're rolling a, if you have a strength or brawn, I should say, of D8, mm -hmm. um, and you get a, you know, plus two, uh, it goes up to a D12, D10, D12. Mm -hmm. uh, and same thing going down the, down the chain. Um, sorcery also works the same manner. Uh, quite a few things work on what I'm pulling with the control die, which is inspired by the usage die. Mm -hmm. um, uh, even your attributes can degrade, like uh, through use of a, of a control die. Basically, if you are holding your breath, you would roll your stamina die uh, each round, and if it degrades, then you you slowly are losing your breath. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, things like that. Running over a long distance, same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so far, it's worked pretty well. Uh, the, the game is more narrative and more, I guess, theater of the mind. Um, right. We don't really use it's a whole lot of definitely very conducive to that, right? You yeah, can I, imagine. I, yes, I, I, I think it's worked out really well, and I think, um, you know, I, I, I've gone to the uh, uh, range bands uh, mm -hmm. right over like feet and things. Yeah. Um, and it seems to work really well. Uh, there's a few things, I guess, where I, I still say like it's, it's about this size, like. You know, it's about five feet yeah. diameter or whatever. Which is not to say you can't use maps. Because I know when I when I ran Reaver, mm -hmm. some of the quick start materials at some conventions, I mm -hmm. printed out you know the like the map of the big fight, but but that's kind of really all I needed. I didn't you know for every fight I didn't have to break mm -hmm. out you know minis or tokens right. or whatever to. Right. Um, and listen, I like maps. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to do that kind of thing. Um, so even uh so with BSRCon just uh, two weekends ago, mm -hmm. um I ran a game that I've run before uh, probably a half dozen times now at least. Mm -hmm. uh, the man eaters of Ugala. And this adventure is it's really straightforward. It's like is that gonna be in the book? Well, uh it might become a like a like a um stretch goal, I'm not okay. sure. Uh, but I have some. I have a map for that for the for the last scene, mm -hmm. mostly because it's like a large area, right? Um, <clears throat> just to give the players like an idea of like what we're doing and what they're seeing. Um, but you don't yeah. need it for the combat to work. So to yeah, I guess you know you could describe it and then have the players like old school map it, right? Mm -hmm. I was wondering how that you know with VTTs, <clears throat> it's like it, it kind of in general lost uh, that. That, that art right that, or yeah. and, and i don't know if that, i don't say laziness that's a bad word sometimes but it, it kind of can create a laziness among the players that they just know mm -hmm. you know oh all the gm has to do is get rid of the you know mm -hmm. the the fog of war or, or the yeah. or the lighting the dynamic lighting or whatever whatever platform yeah. you're using and yeah the, the rpg's <clears throat> kind of evolved yeah. hasn't it like yeah. um yeah you're right like a lot of that old stuff like the caller and the mapper just kind of like died away over the over the different editions of what but you could do that with you could do that with reaver you could jump <clears throat> back to that i think yeah, you could, even yeah, with the even could. with the more modern mechanic of like a dice chain <laughs> success mm -hmm. is four better 
Um, that's mm -hmm. the base mechanic for it. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Uh, but, so it's a pretty, it's a very easy mechanic, easy to understand and to get. I think, I feel like the hardest thing, maybe I'm wrong, is like, uh, is in this last pass after, you know, after we did some testing last year and you've done some other play testing in our ongoing play test, but testing with the quick start at cons, that it seems like the, the hardest thing to get was the metacurrency, which is a small part, right? Right. <laughs> it the, is, yeah. The, um, the peril and yeah, one and you know resolve. Right. I, I we went from like a whole lot of resolve to less resolve, but you're able to get it through gameplay. We've mm -hmm. tried a lot of different things, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we can talk about that. So every character has a metacurrency called resolve, um, and it's basically a sort of a measure of their their will to survive, their grit, their fate, that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, and during gameplay, they can use it to increase their damage or to increase their chances on a roll or to um, help help them with a, a death save or a, I should say a death check if they're, um, if they're on death's door. All these kinds of things. You can use it to alter your sorcery. <clears throat> um, and you can use it narratively. Like if, if you just have an idea, if the player has an idea, hey, I want to do this thing. Uh, can I spend resolve to do this? I mean, the Chronicler has the final say, but, you know, sure. There's no, nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, I think I think a big a big caveat, not caveat, but the thing is it's a role. It's a use the meta currency before. It's a role before system. Correct. Right. So as, no, no as much as like Warhammer Fantasy is <clears throat> couched as grim and gritty, even from the first edition, you had like a, a, a I guess a, a trump card, and that you mm. could roll after or get out mm. of, right? First edition, you had you know fate specifically, uh, okay. and you could get out of a death. Yeah, um, after, yeah we've talked about after that the fact. And then in <clears throat> yeah, and it does kind of uh, it basically negates the the role, and it you know right. lessens some of the the I don't know I don't want to say lethality, but it lessens some of the danger of of the game, right? Um, right. Well, and, and it, I kind of it, it's a it, I don't know if it's a hindrance to the narrative. Your mileage may vary, but mm -hmm. but then I know like I mean it's definitely a different style of gameplay. So for example, like Savage World, when someone makes a has a roll, uh, I mean sometimes they know that they fail, right? If you roll under a four in Savage Worlds, you you fail, mm -hmm. right? But then how do you know if that's enough? Or for example, in, if you're fighting something, how do you know that's enough damage, especially? So then, you know, in a way, some the narrator has to step back and it's a different style of play. It's like, I don't describe the action until, oh, you want to use mm -hmm. a Denny for that. But then especially sure. in damage, if it's, I know the damage is not enough to overcome the toughness of the creature, mm -hmm. then I'm like, I kind of give you kind of give it a little bit away, right? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. you're like, sure, oh, right. would you like to use a Benny? I mean, I did like, <laughs> I did like nine damage. That should have <clears throat> overcome anything, you know. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, well, would you like to use a Benny for that? Because, you know before yeah. i describe the action which it, i guess it's a little training for the the game master the chronicler mm -hmm. uh to do so but i think sure. in, in reaver i know there was originally there was some role after but i think mm -hmm. through our play test and where mm -hmm. and the iterations of of the meta currency it's like well you got to use your meta currency before the action for the most part yes. there might be yeah. like a few except exceptions but um but mm -hmm. I don't think they're. I, I, I don't, don't know. So. I think it's all gone. You're testing death, my memory. Uh, I think it's all gone. Like, we did. Saving I mean, we tried. Death work. Uh, so if you um, so this isn't in the uh, 
in the quick start because it, it took up a couple too many pages. Uh, but the death check works. So if you hit zero, um, you are unconscious uh, until either one of two things happens. Another character stabilizes you or the end of the encounter. Uh, whenever one of those situations occurs, you make a death check. <clears throat> you roll your stamina die, your current stamina die. Uh, if you succeed, um, you know, there's some modifiers involved and whatnot. Like if, if you're, if you're brought to zero by a giant, uh, you have some penalties. If you're brought to zero by sorcery, you have some penalties. Uh, if you succeed, you're still alive. If you fail, you die. Um, and different things can happen. You might have a, have a lingering wound or you might, um, gain a scar or, you know, different things. But you still uh, have to, to so re resolve. You can bump that mm -hmm. dice up, but you can't. Mm -hmm. But if you fail the roll, you fail the roll. Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't right. like. Oh, I can use some resolve to. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's correct. So it's still it's still a roll. <clears throat> it's a roll. It it's a roll. use 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 uh, meta currency before the roll. Right. Mm -hmm. I guess correct. the only difference is like. Um, but nope. The only time it's kind of I guess less like that is when you roll for damage, but you still use that's it. Well, you you spend it beforehand. You spend it uh, before so, you roll it. But you mm -hmm. still, but it's not it's not like just a sink. I don't know. It's a, to me, it's a little different. It is I guess different. The stakes, uh, the stakes aren't as high. So with, yeah, well, that, well, that's true. So with damage, so if you if you decide that you want to deal more damage to somebody that you already hit with a melee attack or a ranged attack, um, then you can spend a one resolve to add an extra die. So if you roll right. a d8, you roll two d8. Well, right. So the stakes of, are less. You already uh, you already know you mm -hmm. succeeded. You just mm -hmm. how well did you succeed? So I think right. that's right. I think I and I like that. It, it makes it definitely makes for a gritty game, and all every roll is tense. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend some resolve and add two. I'm going to go from a, a D8, which is about a, a little over a fifty percent chance, to mm -hmm. a D12, which right. is close to seventy five percent chance. There's still that twenty five percent chance you're going to mm -hmm. mess up. And it's you know that's something that came up in during the Biesercon games that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, these are higher level characters, and they were they were rolling d twenty, d sixteen, d fourteen, and they were still failing. Um, yeah, because sometimes. I mean, it's, yeah, you just never know. It's that's why we roll the dice to see what right. happens. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I guess the other thing with resolve. Uh, so yeah, you can get it through gameplay, uh, through role playing, or through uh, you know, if you if you kill, an, uh, I guess, bring an opponent to zero uh, during a, a round, you, you get a resolve basically to build that up. Um, to encourage the player to use it. Yeah. Uh, and then the other other part of that is when yeah, you I like that. It's a new distinction. That's a, mm -hmm. I think that also came out through convention gameplay. Is like yes, when do you, after after when do you Texas. recharge? When does it recharge? Right. Right. So, um, you know, we had that discussion after North Texas. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, and then peril. So as you spend resolve, the chronicler gets peril. Yes. Um, and peril is used basically in the same manner, but for your adversary. For, for the bad so, guys. So through your heroic actions, you kind of uh, empower uh, the enemies to reply in kind, mm -hmm. um, which also increases that danger and increases the grit of the game. Uh, yeah, and I like yeah. it. That's that fate and fate versus fortune. You know, fate, mm -hmm. good luck versus bad luck. You know, your fate and fortune versus your misfortune. Mm -hmm. That's why I kind of like like that. So, yeah. um, so, and I think I think the I I believe it's a very versatile system. I've thrown out a crazy idea. Is there anything else? Any other mechanic before I go into that? Uh, uh, is there any other any other distinct or distinctive mechanics uh, that we need to uh, talk not, about? Not off the top of my head, no, not not off the top of my head. Um, we, we've covered like, the major points, I think. Right. Um, yeah, 
you want to talk about your project? Yeah, so I threw out that, hey, what if we use this for or try this for the modern setting? And I was able to run at BSRCon sort of a 80s narcos type of game that we're calling uh, tentatively Plata Oblomo. So with Plata being resolved, you know, kind of hinging around that fortune misfortune. So Plata being resolved and Blomo being, um, right, being being misfortune or being peril, peril. in this mm-hmm. game. Although I, I have to say I used resolve and peril a lot instead of going Plata Oblomo in the <laughs> yeah. game. So yeah. that's something to to work on. But but the Plata Oblomo comes from, a, I guess, a, a, a quote, at least in Narcos, I don't know if this is actually yeah. uh, quote by the cartel boss. Um, I can't remember even his name. The famous uh, cartel from Colombia. Now I'm blanking as well. Yeah. Uh, but any, yeah, but anyway, so it's like you know, it's some it's, it's a plato plomo. It's like, are you gonna, are you gonna, you know, grease the wheels or fight your way mm-hmm. right through? Um, so anyway, we should. Uh, so it's silver or lead. Is that right? Yeah, silver or lead. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So or money, money or lead, right? Money, money or lead. Plata yeah. is also money, but <clears throat> silver or lead, right? If we're sticking to elements, right? Um, but yeah. Sure. So, uh, yeah. So I guess in a sci-fi setting, we could put you know AG and and PB, right? Yeah. AG. <laughs> 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 silver or lead? Uh, silver and gold. No, that's silver and gold is is a uh, is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Anyway. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 That'll be so, a that'll be a mining you... game. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> yeah, role playing in the works. using Reaver to role play in the world of Rankin and Bass, uh, <laughs> anime, yeah. you know, puppet animation. All right, yeah, but Plato Plomo I thought went really well. So I think the big module, because I mean, the the big module was adding modern weapons, and I prop, I would say, yeah. I would say the game went really well. I mean, and and that that's because the mechanic never gets in the way. Right, mm-hmm. the dice chain is cool. easy to understand, even for people. Some people have played in your Reaver game, mm-hmm. uh, but but uh, I think the majority had not okay, played good. in any of your yeah. Reaver games. Although, like I know one player was familiar with Reaver from before, mm-hmm. but uh, so I would say the majority, or at least half the people, so didn't weren't familiar with the Reaver game, and it went really smoothly. They understood the mechanic, the dice chain, the up and down, and mm-hmm. it's very easy. Like things that come up in the environment. Oh, that's just a bump up for an advantage mm-hmm. or a, a bump down for like a disadvantage like behind right. cover mm-hmm. or you're you're higher you have higher ground you know with your lightsaber you know, with their lightsaber yeah. chopping <laughs> yeah. down dark anakin anyway but you yeah, know things like that right or you're mm-hmm. you're you're able to surprise someone or get the jump on someone then you know bump up and so it's pretty easy that within the course of the narrative it's easy to move up and down the dice chain mm-hmm. um i don't think it was swingy and people were able to use their abilities because I had like each each class. So we kind of modernized the classes, I think, for Plato Plomo was mm-hmm. um combatant, specialist, technician, and leader, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're That's using right. it. We're pairing, you know, squeezing down the classes and mm-hmm. then uh and then kind also, of also squeezing down the attributes, right? And so the attributes have, only four, four attributes. attributes. Mm-hmm. Then adding the mod adding a skill module, which gives a bonus dice for your mm-hmm. quote-unquote specialty based on your occupation or we haven't quite figured that part out that's a bit more granular i think mm-hmm. needed for the yeah, play quite test. a bit to go yeah quite yeah a bit to go. for the play test but but then the other module we added was like modern weapons mm-hmm. and automatic fire and i think that went really well people understood cool. because of the dice chain mechanic mm-hmm. built into that people understood 
you know, the advantage that they could gain by, you know, laying down a bunch of lead. Right. So, right. so I right. thought I worked and it worked really well and in very, um, very fun and narrative ways during the course of, of the game. So I think, I think it's coming along and I think it really shows the power of the base system that you can yeah. adapt very, a few modules here and there. And we just, they, what we just, uh, we pared things down, added some sk added skills and then added modern weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, and I think you could tweak that too. So, like, I think you do what D four for small, D six for large, or for yeah. Medium, I mean, whenever we were just kind of brainstorming, large. I think that's what we did do. And like it could you be could, bumped up, or yeah, it could um, be bumped up if you want it more gritty, right? You might. I think. Yeah. I think that was one of the comments was that you know it it, it seemed not to be worth to use pistols when sure. they do yeah. just as much as you know. Yeah, or you could. You can get a you can get a baseball bat and do more damage, you know. So mm -hmm. it, it just mm -hmm. depends, right? So I think maybe modern weapons need to be boosted a little bit or a bit scarier, a bit yeah. scarier, right? Yeah. Um, um, but I, but for but I could get give pistols like a rate of fire of two, for example, mm -hmm. like so you could pop pop. Yeah, I feel like I think there's there's probably a lot of opportunity for like using, uh, I guess using the rules for automatic fire, basically modern weapons, right? Uh, in conjunction with character abilities and how oh, they yeah. would affect gunfire, like I don't like off the top of my head, like a specialist, maybe they have a bonus of some sort or some ability that helps them double tap with a or, pistol or, or more damage or something. Or they, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. You like this... two, if you want to go really crazy, like you know, face off or something, mm -hmm. or John Wick, you know, you can add, mm -hmm. add some gun gun foo in there, or right, or do right. some like two two you know handed shooting, right? Mm -hmm. So. Sure, and that would be really easy. That's a really easy mechanic to do. I mean, if you're in melee and you have a pistol in your hand, you, when you make a melee attack, you get a yeah. you get a pistol shot or whatever. Right, right. So I do um, have to talk to you more about more like to some of the specifics because I add because much like you do in Reaver, each class has some distinct features, which I did add. I gave them. I think I had, they were third level, but I gave them like three three little abilities mm -hmm. they could use each, and yeah. some of them really really liked the abilities and used them. That's what I was cool. happy with, right? So mm -hmm. um, I I think maybe the, the leader didn't use, because I think I, I didn't understand the, I think I hadn't, I didn't talk to you beforehand that the resolve can turn over a little faster. So I think mm -hmm. had, had I known that, then then we could have, like the leader has the ability to give oh, resolve yeah. to people. Yeah, um, yeah, but right. but I, I used resolve in other ways uh, for some of the, the classes and I think it, it worked really mm -hmm. well. So so, so definitely like the the combatant use their um their uh was it what do you call it your their uh feet feet of oh their yeah their martial exploit yeah. their martial exploit so mm -hmm. uh so that was pretty cool i think i gave like the technician like the ability to make a gadget you know with, cool. with a role yeah. like to mm -hmm. improvise a gadget and they did that so and the specialist had some like abilities um like you know like I think when I think when I, I think I call it like adrenaline junkie or something like that, where if it's something that you know something fast and furious, then they get a bonus dice, and that that, that definitely you know you gotta lead lean into it. It's a bit of 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 uh, meta gaming, but you know that's you want to play to your your character's role, and I think that it was very evocative and it worked really well. So yeah, it, was, it cool. was pretty cool. So it's cool. so cool. I, yeah. I think it worked out what we put in there. I think. Uh, there, again there's some tweaks but uh mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. and i hope that there are plans for it i don't want it to be a one-off but it can no no i think it's a cool idea man i, I think that well, like you said uh, i think the system can handle it um, yeah that's, a, cool, a, that's a good like, thing 
yeah it's just a matter of like tweaking everything like getting getting the classes down i think probably the ranged rules like the the modern weapons rules probably need to go first and then we can think about how classes would affect that mm -hmm. you know what i mean and not um, all of them have not yeah. all of them have no 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 uh I, certainly but you can see like if the technician has get like the gadgeteer mm -hmm. he can he can improvise you know like uh something sure to, yeah to i think help, i like that kind to of help with the with the weapon or something like that you know mm -hmm. so yeah i think the leader was really good um with you know they, they basically have the rogue's ability to, to share their yeah. resolve i think that's really mm -hmm. cool for a leader mm -hmm. um yeah uh, we've got some ideas <laughs> yeah cool yeah. we'll definitely have to discuss that at a later date so okay i think we'll uh so what's is do you have a plan i guess we should talk about oh, that. what's uh, the timeline what's the timeline so the timeline is i'm going to run the kickstarter for reaver this spring um okay wow i'm kind of waiting on a cover and uh i'm actually trying to create the the kickstarter page at you know as we speak more or less mm -hmm. um but it is coming uh very soon uh, I'm hoping uh, sometime in March I'll start it. Uh, that might get pushed back based on when I get the cover in. And um, so you want to have everything done before we start. Yes. So like yeah, the only when thing the, when the Kickstarter is done, you can send the PDF or something. Yeah, I think uh, my my basic plan is that there will be very few, um, like work heavy uh, stretch goals. Most of the stretch goals will affect the book, uh, the physical book itself. Um, PDFs will go out probably without art within a few weeks after the Kickstarter. Uh, so we can maybe find those typos and things. Um, and then basically the Kickstarter is to pay for the print run and the art, which I'll okay. be waiting for, you know. Cool. Any stretch goals in mind that we can hint at? Uh, yeah, things like, you know, foil cover, um, uh, bookmarks, ribbon bookmarks, uh, uh, probably printing on the end sheets mm -hmm. maybe the maps i don't know yeah um and then most likely uh, 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 one additional class the magus which is basically a fighter mage mm -hmm. um that's what joe's been playing um uh and possibly one or two uh, scenarios uh, small scenarios, right. which would uh, probably include some amount of setting material in both of those. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Off yeah, the top of like my head, that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> right. But I mean, as far as like the PDF um, being in some form of doneness, it's on this there. So. Okay. That's great. Yep. So, so look for that in the spring. Is there anything else you want to add, Joe, or talk about that we may have missed about uh, Reaver? Not, not off the top of my head. I mean, I think, um, uh, you know, with you and and Jason and Joey all talking about it, well, you know, for the past couple of years, basically on your podcast, doing right. recaps and whatnot, I think it's that's been really helpful. Um, it's been really much appreciated, dude. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think uh, I think a lot of people out there have, have got an idea of, of what the game is, uh, right. kind of the feel we're going for. Uh, more grit, uh, less gonzo, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to see the, the finished product, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I should add that we've been, we play tested like um, lower level for a long time to work mm -hmm. out the a lot of the base mechanics. And that was when the big switch occurred mm -hmm. uh, to the di strictly dice chain mechanic. 
and uh, and now we're doing higher level stuff, which is still, it still could be, you know, tense, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. I think there's um, like a, there's like a, a minion rule that you've added, that. for example. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's still, but you know, still, you know, you can still get overwhelmed, mm -hmm. you know, with with the number with numbers. Uh, you can still fail your roll, even mm -hmm. if you're rolling a d20, right? Yeah. So which yeah, is absolutely, absolutely, and. Uh, you brought up the minion rule. Um, basically, that rule is that uh, any adversary who is one third of your own level just dies with one hit. So the right. hit points become irrelevant for them. Uh, and so that'd be like at fourth level, a first level. Yeah, even a first level guy. So there are some things that are like one third level, quote unquote, oh, uh, okay, like okay. like a wild dog, one third level. So even a first level person can get those extra resolve from playing minions mm -hmm. and you know, do her own things. Cool. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you say no gonzo, but I think it's a little bit of gonzo, but there can be some crazy, <laughs> crazy things that happen through the narrative oh. course of play. Right. And I think oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right, um, so. I mean, you've, even in our play test, you've seen some pretty crazy, weird things uh, right. happen. Sure. Uh, uh, crazy creatures, uh, things like that. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to more playtesting, Joe. I'm looking forward to the Kickstarter uh, hitting up in the spring. Uh, I'm excited about trying to develop Plato Plomo into something uh, more palatable Heck as yeah. well. And uh, and I think it's a really great system. It's a very simple, very easy to pick up. It does not get in the main thing to me is it does not get in the way of the story. Um, and it works really well. So uh, thank you, man. I so, appreciate it. So I'm, I'm excited about it and looking forward to it. So uh, we probably Thanks should have put this in the nomination for, you know, Kickstarters we're looking forward to at the beginning of, of, of 2024. Yeah. For, yeah, and World does its poll, but it, it doesn't matter. It's it's going to be a really great game. Um, I'll keep you posted, myself and other podcasters, and in our little, you know, verse. Uh, world, we'll, yeah. <laughs> a little yeah a little niche uh hobby here we'll keep you posted of how reaver is going and the state of reaver but thank you so much joe for joining me this morning um, thanks for having me on i really appreciate it man